This is the Horse Radio Network. Hi, I'm Jennifer Wood. And I'm Jennifer Connor from Equestrian Businesswomen. And you're listening to Equestrian B2B, the podcast that brings together industry leaders, entrepreneurs, and equestrians for conversations about how they build and sustain a successful business. On today's show, we talk to our friend Maria Falgioni about how she has pivoted and made big life changes and career changes, her tips for making the leap, and how to make it all work. Maria Falgioni has been on horseback quite literally since before she could walk. She grew up riding on the hunter-jumper circuit in the southeastern U.S. and was on the varsity equestrian team at the University of South Carolina, where she met her fellow teammates, your hosts, Jennifer Wood and Jennifer Connor. Upon graduating and running around Europe for far too long, she moved back to the U.S. and spent two and a half years getting married in Vegas, performing in the off-Broadway show Tony and Tina's Wedding. Naturally, this took her to Los Angeles, and as after a 10-year run as a working actor, she got the itch to ride again and learned to gallop racehorses at Santa Anita Racetrack. She then went on to be a professional jockey and won her first outing in Del Mar during the summer meet. After retiring from race riding, she joined up with Dr. Edwin Simpson, DVM, and became the director of marketing for his company, Sinutra Equine. She still holds that role and has partnered with Dr. Simpson on a new venture, Lexin Inc., acting as the vice president. She just moved from Southern California with her husband, two-year-old son, and bratty dog Bella to the wilds of Aiken, South Carolina, where they will be developing 53 acres into a working horse farm. So today we have on as a guest, Maria Falgioni. As some of you may know, she is a teammate of ours from the University of South Carolina. And when Jen and I were thinking about different topics for the podcast and different people that we could have on, I think Maria, you were always somebody that we wanted because Jen and I talk about you all the time about how... Impressed we are with ridiculous different things that you've done in your life and how you're able to like pivot and you just get an idea and you're like, oh, I think I want to do this. And then you just go and do it and it happens and it works out and you do a great job at it. And I think it takes a very special type of person to do that. But I think you can probably relate some of the decision making things that you go through when you're making a big life choice. And I think other people can relate to it in things that they've had to do by starting a new business or similar things. So we're excited to talk to you today. Yeah. And I think also helping people give them the courage to make a change if they're thinking about it. Because I think that you're very brave when you have pivoted and gone into some interesting, really interesting fields that like... Dumb thing after another. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know, I, I do think... something. I mean, first of all, hi. I'm really hi. excited to talk to you guys today. <laughs> it's, it's super cool to be on your podcast. I love it. I love that you guys did this. It's so cool. But the other thing is you think, wow, that's like the dumbest thing anybody could ever do. And then I just one up and I go dumber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think some of the skills that you have inherently are what makes these things work out for you. Like, I think you're extremely good at meeting the right people and 
finding out who the right people are in order for you to advance in what you want to do. And I think there's a lot of things that you have and that you do in order to make these different jobs successful. So we're excited to talk to you about that. Yeah. Well, it all comes from horses, really. Yeah. I mean, as you both know, growing up riding and not having endless funds behind us, and even even some people do have endless funds behind us that work really hard. I think just working around livestock, really, essentially, and wanting something so badly, you have to work your absolute tail off. At the time, you don't really think about it. I mean, when you're a kid, your parents are dropping off of the barn and you're there all day long and you realize you forgot to pack your lunch and it doesn't matter. So you like eat some fruit off the tree in the back pasture or something, whatever. (laughs) You're not going, gosh, I worked so hard today. Right. You're just really working your asses off. That carries over into anything new that you want to do. If you apply yourself with those same work ethics that you have to have in horses, you can do anything. I mean, really, like after you work in the horse industry, everything else is pretty easy. I think so too. You get weekends (laughs) off. You get vacations. You don't have to wake up before the sun. (laughs) Years ago, it's kind of a gig walk after. (laughs) For sure. And actually, years ago, you said that to me. You said, you know what, Jen, you can do anything you put your mind to. And that plays in my head all the time because I'm like, you know what? Like, really, it's true. Mm -hmm. And I watch you do it over and over where you're just like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do and go in that direction. That's something that my grandfather ingrained in me when I was a little kid. And he always used to go, you can do anything you set your mind to. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, grandpa. But um, it really is true. But the flip side of that is that you really have to put your mind to it. Mm -hmm. You can't just half-ass it. You really have to dig in, have a singular goal with laser focus. And I know that we've talked about this before, but when I was acting, Will Smith we, Will Smith and I, which I realize that's a hot topic right now, but we shared an acting coach. And so he did a couple of things. He mentored me for a while. And I mean, anytime I talked to him or met with him, I left feeling like I was on fire with the spirit of the Lord. Like that guy can really get you fired up. But I talked to him about some things because when I, you know, when I first moved to LA, I was riding to pay my bills and I was riding for some really great people. I mean, I was riding for Olympians out in Thousand Oaks, which I super enjoyed, but I also had an agent in Los Angeles. And so I was torn between, do I go to Wellington and ride these amazing horses and work for these people that I adore and learn all this? Or do I stay in LA and focus on my craft and what I'm actually here to do. Mm-hmm. And Will told me, you're good at a couple things and you have floodlight focus. What you need to do is have laser focus. You need to pick your goal. So what is your goal? Do you want to be a working actor or do you want to be a horse trainer? And at that time, my goal was to be a working actor. So that was my goal. So every decision that I made had to I had to come backwards from that goal. Mm -hmm. So every decision, every question that comes up, is this in support of my goal? Is this in support of my goal? Going to Wellington would have been really great and really fun, but it was not in support of my goal at that time. Yeah. So I remember talking to you about that too. Yeah. And it's really easy to get 
it's really easy to get sidetracked. And a lot of us have many interests and we're good at different things and we get pulled in different directions. And I think when you're attempting to make a big move or go into a brand new industry or start something ridiculous like riding racehorses when you're too old to do it, you really have to immerse yourself in that. And every decision that you make has to be in support of that goal. You've mentioned a few of the jobs that you've had, horses kind of being a through line and being an actor, being a jockey, and now in a business. What was the most challenging that you think you've had? (sighs) Or are they challenging in different ways? That's what I was just going to say, actually. I think that they're challenging in different ways. I mean, being an actor is just so hard. It's really difficult on a personal level because you spend all this time working on your craft and taking classes and doing scene study work and blah, 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 and getting headshots and networking. And then you have to get hired. So like you just want to work. And then you go to all these auditions and you're told, I mean, things that are truly unbelievable. I mean, you know, we just, you're just not quite attractive enough. You know, we think you did a really great job, but ah, you're just too short or your nose is too big or you're not as pretty as we're looking for. You just sound too white or something. I mean, they really do say these things to you and it's, Mm. you have to develop such a thick skin because it's brutal. It is brutal. And when I was in Vegas and um, I was doing Tony and Tina's wedding and I did a lot of commercials and things, I did basically every film project that I could that came through Vegas. And then it it got to a point where I really, if I was going to go any further, I had to move to LA. That was the move. I got my SAG card in Vegas. It was just really good to me. But I was sitting there with a producer who I worked with a lot. He was this old Greek guy named Dimitri. He was really cool. And he had produced like seven or eight Hollywood, you know, decent sized Hollywood movies. And I was sitting there with him and I said, you know, Dimitri, I think I'm going to have to make the move to LA. And he said, well, I'm going to tell you one thing. When you go to audition in LA, you're going to be sitting in a room full of people that look exactly like you, only they're skinnier, they're prettier, they're younger they might be better. So you better be prepared for that. The only thing (laughs) you have that they don't is the ability to be you. And that really stuck with me because I think that's not, I think I know that is applicable in life. Mm -hmm. That is your superpower really, because there's nobody else out there like you. And you can try to act like other people or look like other people, but it's never going to be as powerful as if you are your authentic self. And I hate that authentic because it sounds like such a corny, you know, it looks like a sign you should overused have on your wall. Be your authentic self. Yeah. But it's, but it really is your place of power because it's the only thing you have that is unique. Right. Out of everyone in the entire world. There's nobody like you. So that's your PowerPoint. I mean, I think that's kind of the biggest takeaway that you got from acting. What about being a jockey? What do you think the biggest takeaway was from that job? Really? I mean, you can do anything you put your mind to. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Because I started galloping racehorses and I just, 
I was obsessed. I loved it. I loved that job. I mean, it really sucked waking up at 3.45 in the morning, seven days a week. That part is not cool. And there's always one or two horses every day that you don't want to get on. That You're just like, wait, this is terrible. Am I going to live? I don't know. But it was just one morning, I think. We were riding out on the training track and at Santa Anita, which if you guys have ever seen that track, it's unbelievable. I mean, the San Gabriel yeah. Mountains mm-hmm. are right there and the sun comes up and it's just... It's stunning. And we were riding out and the sun was coming up and the sky was all purple and the horses are like snorting, you know, and their the steam is coming off their bodies. And I looked at the guys I was riding with and I was like, guys, we're really doing it. And they looked at me like, what? And I was like, <laughs> guys, we're doing it. We're not phoning it in. I mean, we're like sucking the marrow out of life here. This is what we're doing. They're like, PJ Maria, you crazy. <laughs> But really, I mean, we were, and I loved it so much. And so then the trainer that I was working for proposed like, Hey, have you ever ridden races? And I said, no, what are you talking about? I just started galloping. And he was like, do you want to? And I'm like, yeah, I will stop eating donuts immediately. Let's go. And I mean, I don't, you guys probably remember how old I was. I don't remember. Because you lost. You don't even remember how old you are now. (laughs) No. Somebody asked me the other day. It took about five minutes to figure it out. I was counting on my fingers. I'm not joking. (laughs) That's okay. Because I I shorted myself a year, like a a month ago when somebody asked me. And then I was like, oh, I think that's wrong. (laughs) You know what? It's time. It's time to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Plus, you know me, I think, I literally think everything happened last summer. Yes. (laughs) Every single one of my stories starts with, oh my God, last summer. (laughs) That was was like 10 years ago. But he, I don't know, it was like 38 or 39 or 37, 30, late 30s, old by jockey standards, way old. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, yeah. And so I threw myself into it and I thought, I mean, really deep down, I was probably scared shitless of failure, Mm. but so what? Like if I fail, I'm at the same place where I am right now. If I don't, if I don't at least try, nothing's going to change. I mean, I really, those words, you can do anything you put your mind to. I had some connections to Mike Smith and Gary Stevens. And I said, guys, here's what's up. I'm going to start riding races. Help me out. I mean, those guys are the best. They're the best of the best. And they really took me under their wings and they worked with me and they worked with me on my diet and my exercise routine and my form and taught me how to change my whip and do all of that stuff. Because I thought, I mean, I'm at Santa Anita. I'm not at like Rio Doso Downs. I'm here with, I'm going to be loading in the gate next to Hall of Famers. I'm too old to do this. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm going to come correct. I'm going to come as prepared as I can because I'm afraid of failure. So I'm going to do the best job I can. And I really threw myself into it. At the time, I don't know that it felt that hard because it was like, like I told you earlier, it's like when you're a kid and you're just working so hard, you don't go, oh, I worked so hard. At the time, I was just 
in it and I was doing it and, you know, loving it and loving it. But also, I mean, there are times when it was just so difficult after working horses all morning to go, then go and work out for three, four hours in the afternoon. And I was like, Maria, this is literally your job right now. This is literally your job right now. And so I peeled myself up off the couch and went for a run and went to the jocks room and worked on the exerciser and went over videos and did all this stuff. In hindsight, I can't believe I did that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I can't imagine doing that now. I'm so lazy compared to that. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, really, you you can do anything you put your mind to. I have given up my dream of being an NFL linebacker. But you know, you have a son now and I'm like, oh, Maria's going to end up on the sidelines sometime. That is (laughs) not a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. We're going to be watching like... The Super Bowl, and there's Maria like out there. <laughs> right. Get up, get up right now. <laughs> Suddenly, wanted to play mom. football. I told him he could only be a kicker. <laughs> I mean, he kind of looks like a kicker. I know. Yeah. I think he'd be good <laughs> at his <it>. legs. <laughs> when you're making these decisions, do you look at it more like it's an adventure for you or a challenge that you have to accept and conquer? I think that those are kind of one and the same for me. Okay. I really like a challenge and that that's the adventure. Okay. For me. Yeah. On the flip side of things, I was talking to a friend of mine, Dick Barton, and he is a wildly successful businessman and he owns a big farm in San Inez and properties and Utah and uh, he owns a box business in Southern California. And I mean, you can all imagine boxes. How many do Mm -hmm. you get a day? So he's extremely successful. And when I retired from the racetrack and I was working for Sinutra all the time, I mean, freshly, maybe like a month in or something, he said, how's it going? And I said, you know, I really, I really miss the racetrack. It's just so exhilarating. I mean, you're never going to do... I mean, for me, I'm never going to do anything more exciting than that. And he said, you'll find excitement in other ways. And I was like, really though? And he said, yes. Making tons of money, making big deals, providing for your family. You will find excitement in that. Trust me. And he was right. Now it's different. It's not (laughs) life-threatening. (laughs) I don't break bones sending emails on my computer. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Hopefully. Right. Sorry, pop there. But I get really excited about sales being really good and being able to hire new employees and being able to provide a living for other people. That is, it's exciting in a different way, but it's very fulfilling. And I mean, I love it. I absolutely love it. When you're thinking about making a decision, do you think you overthink it? Because I don't think you do. In my mind, I don't think you do. I feel like you make your decision, you make it the right decision, and you go forward and figure it out from there. But do you think that you overthink your decisions? Definitely not. To a fault. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You're one of the few people I know who just does it and goes forward. Like doesn't think about 
it doesn't think about all the bad things that can happen, you know, and you're just like, yep, I'm doing it. I'm like, Oh God, I wish I could be like that. Cause I am the opposite. And me too. I'm like, does that provide insurance? And you're like galloping racehorses and you're like, I don't know if I have insurance, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing it. (laughs) It'll be fine. And Jen and I are over here like, Oh my God. Like, did we make the right investment? (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I just didn't, I don't think that you seem like the type that overthinks it. I definitely don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm <dumb> that way. <laughs> is there, but is there a certain process that you go through, like that makes you not overthink it? Well, you, is it like positive thinking? Like you just think yes. you're going to get to the right spot? Yes. I absolutely 100% believe that it is going to work out. And you know what? It does. Yeah. If you sit there and overthink it and come up with all these ways why it won't work out. I mean, you can really talk yourself out of it. And I think that, I don't know, I live my life in this kind of weird way where if you sit there and go, this bad thing could happen, this bad thing can happen, this bad thing can happen. They do. You kind of invite that. I mean, I'm not saying that bad things will certainly happen, but I'm saying your life goes where you focus your attention. It really does. And if you focus your attention on this is going to work out, then it will work out. (laughs) When I was young and I was traveling around Europe and I was just like a wild banshee, there were many times when like I maybe was moving to a new place and I didn't have a place to stay yet or I didn't have a job or whatever. I remember having conversation with one of my friends who, and this was a very similar conversation. She was like, how do you do that? I am like freaking out about what my future is going to look like. And da, 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 da. And I said, Shelly, have you ever missed a meal? And she was like, no, I haven't. And I said, have you ever not had a roof over your head? And she was like, actually, no. And I was like, all right, then. I mean, you're not going to starve to death. And you're always going to have a roof over your head. So, so what? The rest out, everything else is like bonus. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, my husband, my husband laughs at me because we got together in our thirties. And then when we were probably 40 or something, I was like, Hey, do you want to have a kid? And he's like, I, I don't know. I'm not really ready yet. And I'm like, well, there is no getting ready. We're old. So it's either we're going to have one or we're not going to have one. And we kind of just threw caution to the wind. And then all of a sudden we had one. I say things all the time. Like who knew babies did this? <laughs> I had no idea this was going to be this way. And he's like, what did you think? <laughs> I didn't really think about it. <laughs> uh, t- everybody knew. Everybody knew Maria. <laughs> everybody knew. <laughs> because I was but the what? one reading like 10 books before the baby was born. And you're like, I'm going to have a baby. It's fine. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Jen, you sent me a box of books. I don't <laughs> I didn't read you didn't read a single one of them. <laughs> I knew it. Well, I mean, you sent me a text message. You're like, hey, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> like, no way. Like, <laughs> My family <laughs> thought I was joking. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> My dad was like, I was like, dad, I'm pregnant. And he's like, yeah, oh, very funny. Anyway, what are you guys cooking for dinner? I was like, no, dad, I'm serious. And he's like, okay, all right, all right. And I'm like, dad, I'm not joking. And he's like, seriously? Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, yep, too late now. Yeah. 
So I mentioned earlier that one thing that I think you're really good at is meeting new people and immediately making friends with them and finding out like who you need to know in order to get to where you want to go. Like I think you're really good at making connections and asking for people's help. And what are some tips that you have when learning a new industry? Like when you went into becoming a jockey, like, I mean, you probably had some connections from the horse world, but how did you kind of get move further into it as you were becoming more serious? Well, that's funny. I actually didn't have any connections in racing when I started doing that. That's kind of a funny story. I'll go ahead and tell you really quickly because I think it's funny. I was in LA and I was acting and I was becoming sort of disillusioned with the business. And when that starts to happen you have to quit because it reads in the room. And when you go in and you audition and you have a camera in your face, close up on your face, if you're thinking in the back of your mind, I hate these guys. That's so stupid. I can't believe I have to pretend to eat salad right now. Like it reads. So you can't do it. So that was starting to happen. And uh, it was my birthday and a bunch of us said, Oh, let's go to the racetrack for your birthday. And I never, ever been to the races before. So we went to Santa Anita and the first race went off and it took my breath away. I mean, I got tears in my eyes and I thought, you know what? I got to do this one time in my life before I'm too old and I'm already too old. And I just meant gallop a, a horse around the track. That's, that's, I just wanted to do it one time. So I had no connections in racing. So Doug O'Neill, I just won the Kentucky Derby. I heard that name before. So I sent him a message on Facebook and said, hi, you don't know me. I realize how stupid this sounds, but I've been riding my whole life and I want to gallop a racehorse one time around the track. And how do we make this happen? And I got a message back, which I was floored that I even got a reply. And they, and they said, oh, he said, thanks for your message. But you know, you have to have a license to do that sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> but thanks anyway you know kind of this is how it works right of journeymen who do this sort of thing i can't just like put some numb nuts on a racehorse um and i was like "Hmm, okay noted got it and then i went i started going to the races and i went to the races and a girlfriend of mine was supposed to meet me and she called me right before i walked in And she said, I'm so sorry, but my kid is throwing up. I'm not going to be able to make it. And I was already pulling into the parking lot. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go. So I went by myself and I got a table upstairs in the turf club. And I was talking to the maitre d' because he's worked there for 40, 50 years, whatever. I mean, he's got the greatest stories and he knows all the old Hollywood people and all of these things. And while I'm sitting there talking to him, just kind of listening to his amazing stories, Doug O'Neill walks in <laughs> and Jimmy said, Hey, Doug, congratulations. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. And he turned to me and said, you know what? That guy won a million dollar race in Louisiana yesterday and nobody deserves it more. He's such a nice guy. And I said, you know what? He's a really nice guy. I sent him this stupid message on Facebook saying I wanted to ride racehorses. And he actually wrote me back and he's like, well, let's go talk to him. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and he said, walking, I'm walking, we're going. And I was like, oh God, I just wanted to crawl in a hole. I was so embarrassed, but we walked over there 
And um, he introduced me and I said, hi, Doug. Um, I sent you a stupid message on Facebook. I said, I want to ride racehorses. And he goes, yeah, what, 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 what about that? And I was like, well, it's just something I want to do once in this lifetime. And he's like, well, do you have to do it? And I said, no, I, I have another job. I don't have to do it. It just, it's kind of like a bucket list thing. And he said, well, racehorses are very different from the horses that you're used to. Why don't you spend the day with me? Come down to the paddock and see what you think. And I said, great, I'm in. Which, I mean, Doug's, anybody who knows him, he's such a nice guy. So I went down to the paddock. I spent the day with him. I He introduced me to everyone. He was so nice. And he had a couple winners that day. So I was in the winner circle. And at the end of the day, he said, well, what do you think? And I was like, I'm in. And he goes, oh, all right, well, you know what? Come out. We'll put you on the pony. We'll see how it goes. He goes, when can you start? And I said, well, I can come out tomorrow. What time do you guys start? And he goes, oh, we start at 445. And I was like, in the morning. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. All right. So I go out. I get on the pony for a couple of days and they saw that I could ride. I mean, I, I just jumped into this. I was fully unprepared. I had no idea what I was doing. And after a couple of days of this, he said, his assistant, Leandro, said, hey, Maria, go back to the barn. We're going to put you on that uh, into reality filly. It's a two-year-old filly. I go back to the barn. There's this old crusty guy named Norbert back there in the barn who you know was on his way out from galloping. He needed to retire about five years ago. I said, I'm going to ride this filly. And he goes, do you know how to set your tack? And I was like, no. And he goes, oh, fine. So he shows me how to set my tack. And then <laughs> he goes, do you have a vest? And I was like, no. And he was like, Ugh. all right, you can wear mine. <laughs> so he puts his vest on me and it's like three sizes too big. I mean, I'm swimming in it. I look like such a dork. And he goes, do you know what you're doing? And I said, no, I have no idea. And he goes, well, I'm going to tell you three things. Number one, tighten your own girth. Because if you end up underneath one of these MFers, <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> Number two, tie a knot in your reins. Because if you lose your reins, you're dead. <laughs> Number, three, <laughs> Number three, when you get run off with, and you will get run off with, try to stay to the inside and stay calm. You can ride them as fast as they can run, and they can't run forever. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so we, here we go. And they put me on this filly and this guy takes me on the pony and he lets me go. And then she starts galloping behind a Bob Baffert trainee who, wow. yeah, they go quite fast. And coming from a hunter jumper background, my filly starts also going quite fast. So I start to pull. Well, mm. they're different. Horses, when you pull, <laughs> they slow down. Race horses, when you pull, they go faster. Yep. Mm. And I started thinking, oh my God, this is way too fast. I got to jump off. I got to jump off. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going too fast to jump off. I can't jump off. This is the dumbest idea you've ever had in your whole life. If you ever get off this thing, you are never doing this again. What the hell were you thinking? I mean, full on meltdown in my brain. And then I pulled up and I was like, that was awesome. <laughs> and then that was it. I had the bug. So yeah. I, it was, it, I was absolutely obsessed. It was all I could think about. So I knew from that moment, I mean, I just had that feeling of, I really want to do this. And I know nothing about this industry, really. I mean, I've lived my life in horses, but racing is totally different. Yeah. And 
anytime I go into a brand new field like that, there are two things that I always keep in mind. Number one, keep your mouth shut and be a sponge, which mm-hmm. any of you guys know me, you're going to laugh. <laughs> but I really am quiet in new situations. <laughs> but just be quiet and absorb everything. <laughs> absorb everything around you. You might not agree with what somebody else is saying or what they're doing. So what? File it away. You don't have to do it that way, but take the quality things that you can learn Mm -hmm. from everywhere and then use those. Be quiet and soak it up. And that I think helps you. You can see who the players are, who is important, who's running the show, who's maybe going to give you an opportunity. And the other thing is, and I have to remind myself of this all the time, ask for what you want. Mm. Because you just might get it. (laughs) If you don't ask, you can't expect other people to read your mind and to give you exactly what you want. And we do that a lot. Yeah. And I women do that a lot. Females. Yeah. What's that? I said, I think women do that a lot. Exactly. I think we're afraid to speak up. We're trained to be polite. If we come right out and say exactly what we want, we run the risk of being a pushy bitch or whatever. Mm. But ask for what you want because really you you might get it. And if you don't get it, so what? It goes back to you're in the same place you are right now. Yep. Yep. Love that. Can you talk about what kind of support system you have behind you when you're mm. going through? Yeah. I have a lot of people in my life who are very honest with me, maybe even brutally honest, but I appreciate that. I have people who are positive, but honest. I mean, I don't really have anyone around that's like, oh, that won't work. Or that's kind of a dumb idea. Or I don't think you... I, I just keep in touch with people like that. Right. I don't like I people I think people like who that. are like, exactly. You yeah. don't they're not your friends and they're not people that you trust and talk to. I'm not interested. Yeah. yeah, And even your family is very supportive in your adventures. Well, they're used to it by now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You have a choice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, I tend to have what I would call an exciting group of friends. One of my best friends is an aerialist who just got her pilot license. I have uh, Olympic show jumping riders. I have superstar multi-platinum singers as best friends. And I mean, I'm just really interested in people who sort of live their life this way. It's exciting to me. And when I have a friend who does something outstanding, it makes me feel like those things are happening to me. I'm so proud and I'm so excited and there's just really no room in my life for like jealous friendships or, you know, negative. I don't have time for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do think too, you like look at your friends and you're like, who is it? Like when you went through the racing part and you like, you called me and you were like, Hey, I want to ride a racehorse. And I was like, she's nuts and lost her mind. (laughs) And she's like, who do you know that you can hook me up with? And I'm like, well, nobody on the West coast, but if you want to come to the East coast, maybe I can figure out something, but no, but you do like you look at your friends and you look at your group and you keep these people 
as close to you in your circle and you like reach out to them. Yeah. And there's something that you want to accomplish. And even if it's not directly related to what they do, I think you, the friends that you've made along the way, you go back and tap their business experience or they've been through a similar situation or something like that. I think that is really key in being able to call on all of the experience of your friends as well. Why not? I mean, if they've already done it and they've already done the work, why Mm -hmm. not build on that? Totally. You know, when, when I was acting, my acting coach used to say, you know, if you're doing a role or something, that somebody else has done before. It doesn't hurt to watch it. You're not going to do it the same. Build on what, build on the work that they've done because you're never going to do it the same. Nobody's going to do Clint Eastwood like Clint Eastwood. Right. So if you have somebody that's already started a very successful business, why not pick their brain about what worked for them and what didn't work for them? Yep. There's no need for you to make the same mistakes. Right. Is there anything that you would have done differently? Actually, no. I'm pretty happy with everything. You could argue that I've done all these things, but I've I've never like gone to the top. I was uh I mean, I was a working actor for 10 years and I'm super proud of that. But I was never like in a blockbuster movie or anything like that. And I rode races for about a year and I'm proud of the fact that I was a respectable jockey on a really tough circuit, but I only won a couple races literally. And I didn't go on any further. I think with riding races and being a jockey, I think that's something that if I would have found it at a younger age, I'm certain that I would have been really good at it. But then all these other things wouldn't have happened. (laughs) All of us, if you look back on your life, you realize that one thing led to another thing, led to another thing. And that's kind of how it goes. So if you take out any of those pieces, some of these things don't happen. Some of these things go away. I really feel like I've done it. I've gone for it. Like I really, I've sucked the marrow out of life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm going to keep that one in the memory bank. (laughs) I wish you could have seen those guys looking at me like they're like she's lost her mind <laughs> oh, well that recently I was showing and actually it was before the show that I went to with Jen being my coach <laughs> but I, so I was jumping good. around and I'm like coming to like the last two jumps and I'm like oh my god I'm doing this like I'm actually out here on this pony doing this <laughs> That's the best, right? Yeah. And I was like, wow, like I haven't been in the show ring in years, really. And I was like, I'm doing it. (laughs) I'm doing it. Yeah. And you know what? Going back to having your friends around, I'm only interested in people who are doing it. I'm only interested in people who are in the arena. I'm not interested in people who are outside of the arena critiquing the people inside the arena. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. So you're going through like a bunch of different things where you're starting a farm and another new business. And do you think it's easier for you to start things from scratch or like when you went in Tony and Tina and it was established and you walked into a role and you did that role and that's what you did for a couple of years, what's easier? 
Well, I think it depends. I think if you go in, if you're going into a business where you're aligned with the people you're working with and you guys really gel, then it's easier to start in something that's already established. However, I think that's extremely rare. You guys know starting a business is so much work, but it's also wildly rewarding when you make these small steps with Sinutra. It's a supplement company. We make supplements for performance horses. We have a product called Sinchil that I think most of you have heard of by now. But when I started with Sinutra, we had basically no sales. I mean, it was almost nothing. And last year we did over a million dollars. That's in four years. So coming into that and seeing it grow and having these small wins of being able to add another employee and move into a bigger warehouse and add another employee and another employee Mm -hmm. and buy our own plant now and doing all those things. Those things are so rewarding to build from the ground up. And now with Alexin, which we've grown from Sinutra, which I will probably, I will only share this with you guys and the horse community, (laughs) but our supplements in the horse community our supplements for horses are doing so well that specifically our gastro supplement, that trainers started taking the stuff themselves. <laughs> oh my gosh. And letting us know, hey, I'm able to get off Prilosec. This stuff is amazing. Da-da-da. So Dr. Simpson, who I work with, was like, I think we're on something here. And he, most of the people in our office were putting it in capsules and taking it. And his family members were taking it for stomach ulcers. And so he changed the formula and now we're taking it to market with the separate co- separate company. The product is called Ulcer Relief. And so we've just launched that three weeks ago. I don't want the general public to know <laughs> that we have taken, that we started with horses and now we're going to people, but I think horse people understand <laughs> that. And so this is really ground up. I mean, we started from a concept to now launching the product which is no small feat. And Mm -hmm. so that's extremely rewarding and you can make it yours, Yeah, which is not for everyone. It's for me. (laughs) (laughs) And although I think your title is director of marketing, you were really kind of running the show, getting that Sinutra off the ground and your job description was not just marketing. It was a heck of a lot of things, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm still there and we're doing really well, but that's to Dr. Simpson. We call him Ted. That's to Ted's credit as he let me take the ball and run with it. And he's not a micromanager. I'm not a person that can be micromanaged. So I did, I did come into a company that was already established, but kind of not really, it was ground floor, but he already had the name, the products, that type of stuff. So he has allowed me to take it and make it feel like it's mine. That's cool. Yeah. I think one thing I'm learning in business is that some people work really well that way, but a lot of people do not. Yeah. A a lot of people need some handholding and more structure, I guess. For sure. Oversight. Yep. Oversight. Right. I'm not into that. I'm. Let me do my thing. I'll do it. I'll get it done. Yeah. And you've got to recognize, I think, what type of person you are and be able to 
share that with the people that you work with or with your boss or, and I'm going to be the best employee I can be by doing this. Or if you're a boss talking to your employees and saying, how do you work and how can I best help you be the best employee here? Absolutely. And that's hard. It's difficult. It is. Even with my CrossFit, right? He has like seven days a week, but on Thursdays, he doesn't come in and somebody else does it. And for a while, he was just like, oh, it's open gym and come in and do whatever you want. But then nobody was showing up because there was like no structure to it. Everybody complains the whole time while they're there. Oh, we've got to do this. We've got to do that. Oh, it's so hard. And But like the reality is a lot of the people were liking the structure part of it. Right. And then there's other people who would just come on Thursday because they don't want anybody telling them what the what to do. But it was very few. Yeah. Well, especially and, with working out. That's yeah. why I had a trainer for a really long time. And I'm probably gonna go back to doing like FaceTime calls with them from here because I ain't doing shit on my own. <laughs> Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really fortunate too because I have a boss who kind of lets me do what I need to do. I do think that sometimes people are like, oh, we might need a little more structure, but I like, I don't like being micromanaged in a job. And that's good that you've recognized Me neither, but I think that, I honestly think that's more rare. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of people who don't want to be told what to do, but they still need to be told what to do. (laughs) They don't want to be told what to do, but then they don't do anything. Right. (laughs) Uh, well it was so exciting talking to you about this and sharing all of the experiences that you've had with with everyone who listens and at the end of each episode we ask our guests the same four questions and connor starts with the first so what is one action that women can take to make a big difference in their lives i think i have two one be open to opportunities when they present themselves And number two, ask for what you want. Yep. Yeah. I think those are two really key takeaways from this. What is the best habit that keeps you motivated personally? It's kind of a lame one, but I make lists. I like to make lists. I make lists of goals. I make lists. I make task lists. I make... I will write something down on a list that I've already done just so I can cross it off. Oh, totally. (laughs) But for me... I like to look back on a list and then I can see everything that I've accomplished because, you know, sometimes it feels like I'm doing all this stuff and I'm not getting anywhere. But then when you look back at a list that you made six months ago or something, you go, wow, I've really done a lot since then. That kind of keeps me motivated and keeps me going. I found an old notebook of mine from when I was just starting Jennifer Wood Media. So I was in like brand new year of starting a company (laughs) the amount of things that I wrote down that like you said when you're starting out you've got to be super putting everything you have into starting it and it is cool to go back and see wow I did that and look at where I am now I had kind of a hard time leaving the racetrack just because I love it so much and I was going into a very different thing into the business world And I was in Las Vegas. We sponsored the Las Vegas National Horse Show. And on the hotel notepad, 
I was just really struggling with like not having that adrenaline rush all the time and having something exciting. And I thought, okay, I got to make some big goals for myself here if I'm going to do this. And I wrote down, I mean, at the time I thought was the most ridiculous stuff. I mean, I don't even remember what it was, but it was like, save a jillion dollars to, I mean, at the time I was like, this is really goofy. There's no way I'm going to, I'm going to do all of these things. And then I threw it in a notebook and I forgot about it. And I came across it later and I had blown those goals out of the water. And so I thought, you know what? I need to keep going with this. And that's really cool to see. Yeah, for sure. I have a, so every day I wrote, write in a gratitude journal. And a lot of times it's like what I'm grateful for now, but it's also things that I want to feel grateful for that I want, but I want to feel like I have them now so that maybe I can attract them better. And I keep those journals and uh, sometimes I'll page through them and see, okay, like a year ago, what was I trying to manifest or what was I hoping for? And it's amazing the amount of stuff that I'm like, oh, wow, that actually did come true. Like I wasn't even thinking about it and it did, right? Like it's pretty cool when you can do that. It seems corny, but a few years ago, one of my girlfriends at the racetrack broke a bone, broke a couple bones, whatever. I went over to her house with some wine and a bunch of magazines. And I said, let's just make a vision board. Blah, blah, blah. And so we cut some stuff out of magazines and threw it on a poster board. And I stuck it in a closet. When we were moving a few weeks ago, I pulled that thing out of the back of the closet. And it literally had a photo of the street in Aiken with all the oaks that go. <laughs> the go, famous I can't remember one. the name of the street right now. Yeah. But I had cut it out and put it on that poster board several years ago. And now that's where I live. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And it didn't say like, on it, Aiken, South Carolina or anything like that. It was just some like rando ad out of a magazine. Yeah. Yep. What's your favorite horse movie? Sea Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. It makes me cry every time. <laughs> and who would you recommend to be a future guest on this podcast? I'm going to give a shout out to my good friend, Ashley Bond. Yeah. She was awesome. To have her on. Great. Yeah. Well, it's been so much fun talking to you and being able to share your story. And we thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thanks a bunch. Hey, thank you, girls. Let's do it again soon. It was really great today to talk to Maria. Mm -hmm. I always have so much fun when I talk to her. And she always inspires me so much when we talk to her because Mm -hmm. she's always doing a million things and just plunges right into it. Right. And yeah. And she's so the opposite of me. <laughs> me too. Definitely. When we were talking about overthinking, I was like, oh, I need to stop doing that so much and just do it. And that is something that I really took away from our conversation because I admire that in her. And I think I need to attempt to do that more in my life. I feel like this particular episode, I'm probably going to listen to several times because I feel like there's so many little like good tidbits that she dropped about just being positive and giving me the courage to, to ask for what I want. And that, you know what, if somebody says no, like it's not like going to devastate me, right? Like it doesn't devastate her. She's like, 
you're not going to be any worse off. Right. Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of those little tidbits that she said that I'm like, Oh yeah, she's right about that. It's just like mm-hmm. the, when she, and she said that to me like five years ago and she was like, Jen, you can do anything you put your mind to. Like you really can. And I kind of hold myself to that now a lot because I'm like, Maria's right. Like if I want to lose weight, like there's only one person stopping me and that's me. If I put my mind to it, I can actually accomplish it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes from the outside, it looks like she's just got a wild hair and decides she wants to do something different, but she really does have some strategy behind it. And she thinks a lot about certain parts of it, you know, as far as like finding out who's the best people to talk to and making connections, like it may not be completely strategized on her end, but I do think over the years she has made that an important part of what she does. And she's very good at it. She's very good at keeping in touch with people. She's very good at calling on people for if she has questions or she needs Mm -hmm. something or she thinks that they can help her in some way. And I think that is really a great thing for anyone to be able to use in business. And that I have learned recently with equestrian business women, like I've said before. And so I think people can really take something away from that. Oh, I agree. I mean, even so twice now she's called me. One was about the racing when she wanted to start racing and she was like, Hey, do you know anybody? And then the second thing was with this new company, my husband's cousins who she met several years ago when we were in Florida, like all at the same time, they do stuff with nutrition and they work for a company and one does the marketing and his actual cousin, her husband does the marketing and she like goes to the labs and like develops formulas and stuff. And like, when she was going in this new direction, she had called me up to ask me to like get in touch with them. Now we spent one night hanging out at their house, like having some beers. And she was like, Oh, I remember that they did something like, let me connect. And we, and it didn't happen, but she was like, it did lead me to like the other person that I needed and where she's at. So yeah, I think that she's really good at doing that. And I think that's something that I need to become better at because I forget people's names a lot. I forget like situations I've been in and I'm, I feel like, oh man, maybe if I'm a little more aware of those kind of things, because I'm always like, oh, well, what does it do? Or listen, I have no doubt if she had connected with them, they'd be best friends and yeah. you know she'd be going on vacations with them. So <laughs> it's just, I guess I, I feel like I'm imposing on people too right. much. No. And, and I think most people, I, for the most part, people are willing to help or absolutely. help you make a connection or give you a phone number or whatever. And that sort of networking is really important if you want to reach your goals. Yeah, absolutely. Find the links to today's guest and the show notes at www.eqbusinesswomen.com. Equestrian B2B is out twice a month on the 1st and the 15th. You can find out more at eqbusinesswomen.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Find Equestrian B2B wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to follow, subscribe, and leave a review. You can have all 20 plus shows of the Horse Radio Network with you wherever you go with their free app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. Now go find a new possibility.